Welcome back to Pep Talk and Pickleball. I'm your host, Jill Lewis. This week's episode is an interview that I did recently with my Florida real estate agent, Daniel McGuire. I thought it would be interesting for you to hear what the process is like buying a second home in Florida. Florida real estate was absolutely bonkers when Randy and I purchased our second home down there. We are working snowbirds. I've done multiple podcast episodes about living in Florida, so definitely go back if you haven't heard those. But once our third child flew the coop, went to college, and wasn't at home anymore, we knew, we've kind of been planning on this, finding a place in Florida. What was important to me was finding a place close to my mom and a place that Randy could play golf and I could play pickleball and live in a community. So it wasn't as much about, for us, finding a place on the water. I mean, that is beautiful. Being right on the Gulf would be incredible. But for us and in our price range, we wanted something that was a community feel, not so vacation transient, I guess. And we also wanted decent-sized home. Actually, our home in Illinois is quite small. We live on a lot of land and our home is small, so we were wanting something that all of our kids could come and visit us. Each has their own bedroom, plus we needed a dedicated office space that was not a catch-all like bedroom and an office. So we wanted a four-bedroom plus an office space in this home. And again, we wanted it on a golf course, and I was demanding that it have pickleball. So that was the criteria. We found a house where Randy had been in that community before I had played golf with some other guys that he'd become friends with and he was really excited about this. So when this particular house came on the market in 2022, we jumped on it. We bought it actually without seeing it in person. We had some trusted friends that were living in the community that went and met Daniel at the house and Daniel gave us a very thorough video tour and my girlfriend that was there was like, okay, you know, she was giving me the nitty gritty, tell me everything, what's it smell like, what are the vibes, um, and so anyway, yeah, we made the offer right then and there, and it was a wild ride, but that's what's going on in Florida, so I thought it would be interesting for you to hear, what is Florida real estate like, why Southwest Florida, Daniel has a wealth of knowledge about that, and I thought it was interesting as I was talking to him thinking about Florida and like so many people have been moving there. And so I looked it up and it does rank number one. Florida is number one in total net migration. Um, So total net migration, that just means like that's measuring the difference between uh, the people that are moving into the state and moving out. So last year in 2022, it gained the most population of all the states. Isn't that crazy? Followed by Texas, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Tennessee. So pretty interesting. And then also I thought was very interesting, the states showing the most negative domestic migration would be California, New York, and Illinois. And I'm in Illinois. Now, I still am a resident of Illinois, but... I think a lot of people that live in Illinois could be chuckling to themselves and they're not surprised to hear that Illinois is on that list. So Illinois is followed up by New Jersey, Massachusetts, and Louisiana. So there you go. Those are the states with the largest uh, population increase and the most negative migration. 
So, all right, here is my interview with Daniel. Hope you enjoy. Well, I am here, as I promised, with the real estate agent that I use down in Southwest Florida. This is Daniel McGuire, and he made the whole process for Randy and I buying our second home in Fort Myers really easy and we were just so happy to be down there and, and thrilled with the process. And I really wanted to bring him on to share with you what it's like buying a second home in Florida. And if it's something that you and, or you and your family have ever thought about, or maybe you like a dream that you have, um, I think this would be a fun conversation for you to listen to. So thank you so much, Daniel, for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Jill. And I appreciate the positive feedback, of course, as well. You guys really mean a lot to me. And I think every scenario that we go through when it comes to real estate for me personally is, is very exciting and it's the most rewarding career that I've ever had. Just to kind of give you guys a little background of my history and kind of where I have come from. I originally was born in Indiana and uh, my family moved to Naples in 1984. It was a really, really great move. Um, we actually followed my father's brother down here after he had moved here in the 70s and said, you've got to get down here. It's going to explode. It's amazing. And it's a totally different lifestyle. I've seen an incredible, almost like wildfire of growth every year since I've lived here, especially when people come down to visit. It is kind of confusing sometimes because it's like, wait, everything has changed. You know, there are all these new buildings and new stores and new developments. So it's an ever-changing area, but thankfully they've kept it very safe. Actually, Naples is ranked one of the safest um, cities in the US. Uh, really, I didn't know that. Basically no crime here. If you love fishing and the beach and, and shopping, then it was a great place to grow up in. That North Naples area is fantastic, I have to say. You know, We're north of that, but we went to, is it Mercado? Mercado, yes. that little shopping area. That's really neat. And there's that one grocery store that's right off of Immokalee, I think, uh, on 75 or right off of 75. What is that? Seed to table? Yeah, or... seed to table. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to and... them. That's a really interesting, uh, cool place. You've been now in South Florida for a long time, but um, how long have you been in real estate? So I can say that um, basically long story short, I lived in Naples most of my life. I actually lived in South Fort Myers while obtaining one of my degrees. I lived and ran a business on Marco Island for a little while, and I've been a homeowner in Bonita Springs for over a decade. More about my career and how I got into real estate, I would say everything kind of just came together in the last like three years of my life. So after living in my home for about three years, I ended up renovating it. I basically gutted everything. It was things that it actually needed, you know, so like the floor was cracking, there were a lot of things that were going on that needed to be replaced. So I ended up doing the demolition mostly by myself. My brother and I actually took out over 2,000 square feet of tile in wow. eight hours, which that was incredible. That's um, insane. Yeah, it was crazy. I actually lived in the home during the renovation. The whole thing took about a year and a half. But things that I love enjoy and enjoy doing is renovating cleaning the home, maintaining it. I do all my own maintenance. So whether it's the AC handler or the water heater, you know, you name it, I take care of it. And I love learning these things. Constantly doing upgrades. I just finished an upgrade, which I post basically everything on my social media as well. 
Um, I just finished a whole home water filtration system, which for me was a lot of fun learning about it and then actually going through the process. So anything DIY I love doing, total work experience falls down to 27 years. So I started in retail, but my parents taught me about banking very early on. So I'm a big saver, but I started in retail at the age of 15, I moved into sales management. I was a level four banker for a few years. That's where I learned more about growing relationships with clients and how much that meant to me. Then I moved into corporate IT and I was a corporate analyst. And then I decided to make a massive change, take more risk in life and not feel like I had to have that corporate job where I sit at a cubicle. I know I have insurance. I know I have a set pay. And I took a chance that so many people had suggested throughout the years of starting my own business. And that's when I got into real estate. So it's been about two and a half years now. I've been having the best time of my life, helping people, which is what fuels me, and winning awards, which I still today am kind of amazed. I mean, I've excelled at everything I've taken on throughout my life, but it's been extremely rewarding to know that I've been able to help so many people and get such positive feedback for it. Well, it definitely comes across. I mean, I can definitely say for any of you that are looking in this area, what we're talking about, and we'll get into what and why maybe you would be interested in Southwest Florida. Daniel's awesome and definitely cares about how you're doing and, and does a lot of follow-up, which I think is really nice. Something nice that you do, Daniel. So let's get into it. What Tell me, what is the current state of the Florida real estate market? That's actually a really good question because we're in such a niche market here in Southwest Florida. We're not typically impacted the same way or affected the same as the rest of the nation. We're more of an affluent, kind of a second home purchase area for people. And um, as we know, it's a very popular place for people to come and vacation. Our busiest months are going to be starting around December, ending around like the end of May. And in some areas, we can quadruple our population. So, I mean, not very normal compared to a lot of other places. Because of part of my analyst background, I love the numbers. I do put reports together. And I can speak on, on Southwest Florida's behalf of the prices right now in real estate for Southwest Florida is actually higher than they were last year at this time, which for me, that's pretty unbelievable because we also know that interest rates have gone up quite a bit. We actually are still seeing a little higher sales than we did last year at this time as well, which is also very surprising because I feel like the housing market's kind of pulled off a little bit down here. And what I'm hoping to see is some prices to continue to go down, which I've already started to see that, especially because interest rates have gone up. And a lot of people don't want to hear this. Overall, like if we look at the statistics of time and the numbers of interest rates, I think where we are right now is actually kind of healthy. Um, I think like, you know, last year when we were in the twos and threes, that was, you know, you just won like a little lottery in a sense and like buy, buy, buy. And it is painful right now where it is for a lot of people. So that's where I think that maybe the prices need to kind of come down. But really to, to answer the full question, the only way I think prices are going to start to go down is if we can actually catch up on when it comes to inventory. 
And that's something that we are doing very well at. Ever since 2008, a lot of people got out of the building industry. A lot of people changed careers. And because of that and the fear of another market crash, we really failed at building. And so now we're trying to play catch up. And that's really what's keeping these prices so high. What you'll see mostly when it comes to Southwest Florida for growth, we're pretty much tapped out in all the uh, original areas, but you're going to see most of the growth happening east of I-75 in Estero and Fort Myers, Naples. And Bonita is slowly starting, but they're building some amazing resort style communities out there, which I'll talk about a little bit later. I just keep thinking back to when Randy and I were purchasing and how wild that was because, you know, we, we didn't see the house when we, (laughs) when we bought it, we did a virtual tour with you, but we can get into that later too. So tell me this, are there any neighborhoods or communities in Southwest Florida that are particularly uh, popular right now among second home buyers? I would definitely say yes. It's going to depend on various needs for the buyer, such as location, amenities, and your lifestyle. So what I like to do is I typically tell my clients a little bit about Southwest Florida in general and the different areas, because every area is unique and every area is going to have something for the right buyer. So if we start from the north of where I basically work, it would be Cape Coral. So Cape Coral in the 90s, 2000s, early 2000s, really exploded with growth. I believe that when they developed Cape Coral, they really took advantage of the the housing boom, I guess you could call it. They didn't really plan it out very well in a sense that it's basically a grid of single-family homes. There are very few communities, very few access points for beaches, which I'll get into later. And um, it's going to be a little bit more affordable because it is a little bit further north from a lot of the luxury and uh, other amenities. But all of the canals that are in Cape Coral are actually human made. And they did that to get around the drainage issues that they would have had. And so I would say Cape Coral is probably going to be your best bet for water access homes for the best value. Now, not every canal of Cape Coral is going to get you golf access, and it might take 45 minutes to get to the golf or longer, but you can get one heck of a deal when it comes to Southwest Florida. The homes that they're building currently are just getting better and better and better. And I am also seeing more in the south um, section of Cape Coral, more planning and more commercial being built which is really going to raise the uh, home values of that area. I like to see Cape Coral explain it as four quadrants. So the Southeast is going to be the most affluent, most expensive homes. The Southwest is going to be second from that. And that's going to have probably the shortest time to the Gulf of Mexico. And then the North part of Cape Coral is going to be Uh, even more value for your money, almost 100% single family homes. And interestingly enough, that's where a majority of the building is going on. And it's more private builders and not the large corporation builders that are building out east of Southwest Florida, where they build like mega communities. So definitely it's a good place to invest in. And 
the homes in the south east are absolutely amazing what's going on right now like in the multi-millions yeah so some beautiful homes going in right now in cape coral so if we head south from cape coral we're going to go to fort myers and if you want to live close to jill <laughs> then that's where you're going to head so fort myers is going to have beautiful beaches their main beach is going to be fort myers beach which is being rebuilt as probably most people know, and it's going to be better than ever, uh, in my opinion. But it's going to have a different feel in the sense that it has exceptional nightlife, an abundance of outdoor activities, fishing, boating, kayaking, and it has a mixture of single family homes, townhomes, condos. And what's really great about Fort Myers is it really caters to a variety of budgets and lifestyles. Cape Coral and Fort Myers is going to have most of the working class. Again, they're the most affordable places. They have more of the like nightlife and things for younger people. So every day you're going to have people commuting down I-75 and 41 from those cities to the areas that are more uh, the service industry, which is going to be located more in Bonita Springs, Naples, and Marco Island. So that is something that I tell my clients to think about, you know, if you are going to be commuting, you know, it's, it's a cost thing, you know, do you, do you want to have a bigger home and, you know, have uh, a lot to do, or maybe, um, maybe not quite as nice of a home and, and not quite as much of a commute and lower crime, the further South we go and more beautification. Um, if we go a little bit further south from Fort Myers, we're going to hit Estero. It's one of my favorite cities. Growing up here, Estero didn't exist. It was nothing. And really? I'd say, yeah, I'd say it's the fastest growing, probably newest city. It has excellent schools. It has Florida Gulf Coast University, which I'm a multiple grad from. It has amazing shopping, Miramar outlets, Gulf Coast Town Center, you know, just a lot of fun and really, really good deals. And then a ton of different dining options. It's also basically Fort Myers and Estero, you know, that's where the airport is going to be RSW. And that's an amazing airport. I, I can complain about a lot of things and I'm pretty spoiled growing up in Naples, but I can tell you that Fort Myers is wonderful. That Fort Myers airport. Estero is going to have mostly gated communities. Um, they have golf course communities, waterfront homes, and upscale condos. One thing I'm noticing, though, is as the demographics are changing and people are aging, golf communities, golf course communities, I should say, are actually becoming less popular in new construction because golf in general, from what I've seen, is not quite as popular as it used to be when I was much younger. So a lot of the communities that they're building out east in Estero, they come with an immense amount of amenities. And part of the reason they're doing that is because they know it is a little bit further east, but they're going to give you everything you could want and more. And when I say resort style amenities, you literally feel like you're at a resort somewhere on some island in, uh, in the ocean somewhere. I mean, the, the pools are incredible. They have so many events for kids. They will literally cater on you hand and foot. And in some of these communities in Southwest Florida, you even have um, a certain amount of money that they would like you to spend every year just on food and beverages, which isn't hard to do because if you just go to your pool, 
which a lot of people drive their golf carts to, which is even, that's a whole nother fun thing. You know, you sit there and you get waited on and uh, it's a really amazing way of living um, here in Southwest Florida or just in general. So Estero is really a special place for me. If we go south of there, we go to Bonita Springs. I love Bonita Springs. It's amazing. And honestly, again, another place that was really nothing when I was growing up. So Bonita Springs, just give you a little idea of the history. It was actually started as agricultural. And so hmm. we had um, a lot of immigration and a lot of uh, families, hardworking families, that they would actually grow produce. And that's where um, Naples would get their produce from. Fast forward many decades now, it doesn't have anything to do with produce. We still have a very rich uh, Mexican heritage here. And I really like that, especially the food and uh, the culture. Super low crime, um, uh, just like a lot of the other areas of Southwest Florida. And what I like about Bonita is it has a very small, kind of almost like fishing town feel. And it's mostly single family homes, some communities, some condos. And there are some uh, luxury homes and condos closer to the water, of course, as well. But I feel like after living in Benita for over a decade now that it doesn't really feel like it has the impact that some of the other cities have when it comes to season as much. So it's a lot of younger families and retirees kind of mixed together. But I can tell you just an example on my street, and even the street behind me, every single one of my neighbors has my phone number and vice versa. And we're always looking out for each other. And, you know, that goes back too to the Estero, the gated communities there. I mean, they're, they have so much fun together and people have go, you know, they have parties, they have events and, and all kinds of fun things to do. So that's awesome. And another massive part that I like about Benita is it's centrally located in Southwest Florida. That's definitely something to think about. I would say Bonita is probably the slowest, most relaxed feeling that you're going to get out of any of the cities in Southwest Florida, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. And then if we head further south, we get to Naples. I would definitely rank Naples as probably the best place to invest in real estate from what I've seen growing up here my whole life, watching prices go up. It's going to have the most stunning beaches. It has the most amount of beach access. It's going to have world-class golf courses. So in Fort Myers, you're going to have more public courses, whereas Naples, you're going to have more of the private courses. It has the most upscale shopping, such as waterside shops and Mercado and Fifth Avenue. It's going to have the highest end dining options as well. The city's got a really vibrant culture and numerous galleries, theaters, and museums to enjoy. Definitely has the most beautification. You know, the medians alone are just completely out of this world with how beautiful they are. There's a lot to do for sure. And people are very, very friendly and laid back, definitely. And then my second, well, I don't know if I'd rank this my second, second or third favorite place. It's really hard because they all have such good benefits is Marco Island. Marco Island is so special to me because every time I drive over the bridge, I feel like I'm on vacation. And not only do I feel like I'm on vacation, but I also feel like I'm part of something special because it is such a small island and they pride themselves on keeping it historic 
and not letting a lot of commercial in and not letting a lot change. In a lot of the areas that you live on Marco, you can literally walk or take your bike to a beach or to Publix or to a little diner. And you're still going to see sprinkled throughout Southwest Florida, and this is a huge benefit, the mom and pop restaurants and lunch places. And thankfully, they've been able to hang on. I will tell you, Marco Island, out of season, very, very quiet. So quiet so that some places actually close just for the summer because it is so quiet. But your chances of getting a condo with some type of beautiful water view, such as backwaters, um, canals, or the Gulf of Mexico is going to be probably the highest on Marco. And even though the further south we go, the more expensive real estate gets, you honestly are getting a lot um, out of real estate when you live on Marco. And one of the big things that I've seen change recently is South Naples is exploding with growth. 951, also known as Collier Boulevard, will get you to Marco Island from Naples. That road used to have basically nothing. And I mean, you could drive however fast you wanted. There were hardly any cars. Well, because of the development down there, there's now a super Walmart right off of the island. There are multiple publics. I believe there's a Home Depot right there. And so now, if there's actually something that's not on the island that you really are looking for, it's not that big of a deal. You know, like you can just drive to South Naples, it's maybe 20 minutes away, and uh, you'll have basically everything you need, especially Chipotle, which we know is important. <laughs> so I've been really excited to see the growth in South Naples and what that's doing for Marco. But again, it's, it's incredible for such a small island, how much they have to offer in a way of you really don't even really need to leave the island. We've only been to Marco once. We had some family came in and I think they stayed. Is, there, is it the JW Marriott? The Marriott is absolutely out of this world. Yeah, it was awesome. They were staying there for a week and we went over there and spent the day with them and just had an absolute blast. So that is a neat place. I mean, everything that Daniel's saying is spot on. Um, and I'm a newbie to the area, but I would say that all checks out exactly like he said, <laughs> all those areas from Cape Coral down to, to Marco. What types of properties, Daniel, are typically popular amongst your second home buyers in Florida? So this is another good question. And the best way to say what's going to be the best is going to depend on the person's lifestyle and their preferences. So we only have so many different options, right? We have condominiums, single family homes, and townhomes. Some people call them villas as well, but that's basically a townhome. For condos, I usually recommend something like that if you're looking for really low maintenance, um, resort-style amenities, which I can give you an example. Some of the condos around here, they're going to have movie theaters. You know, they might even have valet parking sometimes, you know, laundry. I mean, they will do literally everything for you. One of the benefits too is you're going to get the best views. So you might get a really good view of the Gulf of Mexico, like I was discussing earlier with Marco, intercoastal waterways. Almost every condo association is going to have a, a beautiful pool. They almost all have fitness centers and a lot of them have tennis courts as well, which they're converting a lot of tennis courts that they already have anyway to pickleball, which I know is one of your favorites. <laughs> listening to, to some of your other podcasts. Yes. So, you know, if you're looking for something that's low maintenance and, you know, you're only going to be here for like maybe a month out of the year and you want friends and family to come visit, 
Maybe you want to rent it out, but maybe not a lot of renting. Definitely a condo. With a single family home, you're going to have more space and privacy, of course. You know, you're not going to have adjacent walls connected to you where people are living. Even though I will tell you that here in Southwest Florida, a majority of the condos, especially if they're going to be uh, west of I-75, the type of clientele, they're very respectful. I've gone to so many condos, I can tell you, I never hear anything. I don't hear the people above me. I don't hear people adjacent. And a lot of the condos are cinder block construction. And so they're really well made and, you know, they're, they're very good at hiding the sound and things like that. But people are very, very courteous. Yeah, so single family, you know, you're going to get more of the space that you might be looking for. When it comes to maintenance and upkeep, it's really something that you don't have to worry about that much, surprisingly, because so many people do live here seasonally. We have a plethora of pool cleaning companies, home watch companies, you know, the air conditioning companies, they'll come out and maintenance things. I mean, everything can be done for you. So you can still benefit from having the, the single family home, but still, you know, not have to worry about maintaining it. Even if you needed to have your storm shutters put on for some reason, somebody can come out and do that for you. So again, from what I kind of said in the very beginning, this is the service industry at the end of the day. And, you know, there are definitely people that are willing to work and help. Absolutely. The next option is uh, townhomes. So townhomes I really enjoy because they give you this, the feeling of a single family home, but there's less maintenance. What I mean by that is it'll look like a single family home from the outside, but typically it's two dwellings. So like two families will be living in that one structure. So an entire side of that home, you don't have to worry about because it's connected to the other. And typically a townhome is going to be in a community. And a lot of the maintenance is going to be actually managed by the homeowners association. And our homeowner association fees, they can vary a lot. I usually tell people that if you're looking for something realistic or more reasonable, that's going to cover a lot of the basics, maybe around 6,000 a year. Right now, I can tell you the most expensive HOA we have is off Gulf Shore Boulevard, and that's 160000 a year, and that's in a condominium. But I mean, wow. you can imagine what they're probably doing for you at that point. The second highest is going to be in Pelican Bay, and those are around like 90000 a year. So 6000 is still going to get you a lot, though. So I don't want you to feel like, oh, I have to pay 100000 to get anything. <laughs> those are the extreme outliers. So yeah, townhomes... Single family feel, but less maintenance. And then really it comes down to another thing that's popular is gated communities, which we have an abundance of. So just to give you an idea, we have roughly 390 gated communities in Southwest Florida, and that's not even including the subdivisions they call them. So each community might have five on average subdivisions or sub-communities so in total, we have almost 2,000 communities just in Southwest Florida. A lot of people like the feeling of a gated community if they're not going to be here year-round, or maybe even if they are here, because it gives them that sense of security and exclusivity. And it's going to come with a lot of the other amenities that we talked about earlier, such as golf courses, swimming pools, fitness centers, and social clubs. And then the last one that's really popular is waterfront property. Um, like we had touched on earlier about Cape Coral, they still have some options, whereas in Naples and um, Bonita, 
and Marco, most of the land has been developed at some point. So you're probably going to be either tearing down an older home from like maybe the 50s or 60s to build something, you know, much more vast and beautiful in order to get kind of what you're looking for, for those waterfront properties. In Naples, you're going to have pretty quick access and same with Bonita to the Gulf, um, as opposed to like where we were in Cape Coral, you might have like a 45 minute commute to something like that. And I can give you an idea too, since we're talking about all these different types of homes, the average sold price in Southwest Florida over the last 120 days is around $1 million. Now, I don't always just look at average though, because we all know that when we're calculating the average, we might have an outlier. For instance, we had a home that sold in Bonita Springs recently for $17 million. That's really gonna kind of skew those numbers. So to bring it back down to, I think a more realistic number, and it's a lot less scary, the median price is actually only $653,000. Okay. So it's not as crazy as I think some people might think. It is definitely doable you know, for a lot of people. So, I mean, you can buy a condo for $200,000. There are condos on Marco Island with water views in the six to 700,000 range. And I think that's really impressive. Yeah, especially, I mean, it's just so nice down there. Tell me this, what do you know about with financing? I know a lot of people, that's their number one concern here. So are there any special financing options or tax considerations for second home buyers? in Southwest Florida? Absolutely. So a lot of people already know that Florida is one of the most lenient, lenient states when it comes to taxes. Um, when it comes to financing options, I typically direct people to one of my lending partners because that's their preference. And, you know, even though I've kind of lived that life uh, when I was in banking, you know, it's still definitely good to leave it up to the professionals, you know, make sure we get them in the right direction. And it, And I can't stress enough how important financing is in a sense that in order to write an offer here in Southwest Florida on any property, you pretty much have to have a pre-qualification or a pre-approval letter or at least proof of funds. So if you are paying cash, I always recommend, you know, just have a screenshot of some type just showing kind of where the, the assets are going to come from. Even, even they, they don't even technically have to come from that location, but as long as, you know, we have an idea of uh, what we can show the seller. Some of the popular lending options are a second home mortgage. It's very similar to your primary residence mortgage, but it might have a little bit higher interest rate and a little bit more stricter requirements, but it's basically kind of the same, same thing as a home loan. The second most uh, popular option is a home equity loan or line of credit. So that's where um, somebody might tap into their home up north in the equity that they have built in that home. Maybe they wanna just take a little bit out of that and they might get a loan or a line of credit and then put that towards purchasing a home down here. It allows the buyer to be, um, to basically use their own equity, but I always like to be upfront and very honest. Obviously you're taking a risk in a sense that if you can't follow through with that loan, now you put your primary residence at risk. Another option is a cash out refinance. So maybe you own your home, your primary outright. You can actually um, do a refinance on that property and take out cash to finance a second home. When it comes to tax considerations, 
One thing that's really interesting is the difference between Collier and Lee County. Just to kind of give you a quick idea of our tax bracket here in Collier County, we're actually the second highest per capita total property tax levy in the state at around $2,300. We're right behind Monroe County. Lee County, though, ranks 10th among the 67 Florida counties at only 1,600. So kind of going back to like that Cape Coral, you're going to get a little more for your money when it comes to a home. You're also probably going to pay a little bit less in taxes as well. And speaking about the counties in general, I can tell you that Collier County has about half the population that Lee County has. Lee County's population is around 750, probably right now about 755,000, where Collier is at around uh, 380,000, you know, so that's going to impact hmm. the taxes as well. I think partially the Collier County taxes are kind of higher too, because that's what's paying for the beautification, the lower crime and the multiple beach access, you know, we have. Right. Going further with property taxes, the property tax on your home here in Southwest Florida is going to be based on the assessed value of the property and it's due annually. But some of the benefits that we have here is the property tax in Lee and Collier County is only going to be around 1% to 1.5% of the appraised property value. And you can always do a homestead exemption, which is something I'm going to bring up here in a moment. We also have no state income tax if it's your primary residence and no state tax or inheritance tax. The inheritance tax, inheritance tax is huge because it feels like everybody's parents come here at some point to retire. And so that plays a big part in it as well. Homestead exemption. So for second home buyers, they may be eligible for a homestead exemption if they use the property as their primary residence for a certain period of time. Usually it's like six months or more. Um, but again, just like I would say, hey, speak to one of my lending partners, talking to your tax advisor is definitely the way to go. Um, another thing to think about is vacation rental income. So for second home buyers who rent out their property, when they're not actually using it, may be subject to state and local taxes on a vacation rental income. One really important factor too is the average rental price for Southwest Florida right now. Or should I say, I, what I did was I run it for the whole year. So the last 365 days is $3,471. So that gives you a pretty good idea of what would you possibly make on a rental property every month. So uh, that's a pretty good chunk of change for sure. Hey, it's Jill. I'm going to pause this conversation because I want to tell you about the free Faster Way Summer Giveaway. Are you ready to kickstart your health journey and have a chance to win incredible prizes? We are so excited to invite you to participate in the free Faster Way Summer Giveaway that starts July 17th. During this 14-day challenge, you will experience effortless wellness practices, express fast fitness challenges, and easy breezy tips to skyrocket your mood and your energy. Not only will you amplify your fat loss and boost your health, but you'll also have a shot at winning jaw-dropping prizes every day. I'm serious. Imagine enjoying the perfect cup of coffee with your very own brand new Nespresso machine or sporting a new Apple Watch or even vacationing on a cruise. Seriously, these are the prizes. Our prizes are over-the-top amazing and all it takes is completing a simple health-inspired 
daily action item. Our strategies in the faster way have already helped 314,000 clients achieve incredible results. And now it is your chance to test drive our top tips for yourself. Don't let the summer slump hold you back. Shake it off and jumpstart your fat loss journey with us. For more details, I want you to go to the show notes today so that you can dive into this awesome summer giveaway. Well, earlier you were talking about east of 75, west of 75. So for folks in the Midwest, which I'm assuming most people that are listening to this are, you know, so when we're saying, you know, west of 75, we're meaning closer to the Gulf. And if you're east of 75, you're further away from it. And also with that comes, you know, lower prices if you're east of 75, which I am. And then also your, the insurance on the house is less as well. So that's just something else to consider. You have less of a flood zone risk as well. So we touched on earlier a little bit about people, uh, the rental potential down there. So is there any other information that you have on the rental market for second homes um, specifically, you know, if someone's wanting to purchase a home or a condo to make that potential rental income? I would definitely say to make sure you research and do your due diligence on any property. And one of the biggest things is, are there any rental restrictions We have so many communities, as we talked about earlier, uh, here in Southwest Florida. And with those communities, they have homeowners association rules and regulations. And so typically you're gonna have a limit on how many times a year you can rent a place and also what the minimum days of lease are. Usually the minimum days of lease for most places is about 30 days and maybe three to four rentals per year. Now, if you get a place that's a single family home, for instance, that is not in um, an HOA community, then it's basically endless. And thankfully there are a lot of places still around. I would say your most lucrative option is gonna be somewhere on the water in Naples. That's clearly not gonna be in a community um, where you're gonna see the highest uh, potential for income. And you're gonna see an increase between season and out of season of probably four to six times the income per month just for that rental because it becomes that uh, popular down here at those times. Okay, well, switching gears, Daniel, let's talk about what most people from the Midwest or up north are really wanting when when they think about Florida. They're thinking that water access, they're thinking get me to the beach. And can you tell me a little bit about that and how maybe Southwest Florida um, might be a great choice for them versus anywhere else in the state or just what it has to offer? So some of the really key attributes that stick out that make Southwest Florida so popular as a second home destination are healthcare facilities. As we know, we definitely have a more mature audience here in Southwest Florida um, when it comes to the age. And we actually, this is very impressive. We have world-class healthcare facilities. That's literally what they consider them. We have some of the highest rated schools. We have public, private, charter schools, and some of the top rated schools in the region are actually right here in this area. We also have a ton of recreational options with 50 different parks, nature preserves, hiking and biking trails, and water sports. We, of course, like we talked about earlier, have high-end boutiques, gourmet restaurants, but then we also still have, you know, the historic feel of Fort Myers and Punta Gorda, which is a little bit further of Cape Coral. 
and uh, some of the some of the mom and pop places still, you know, on Markle Island and uh, sprinkled throughout Naples. When it comes to beaches, we have 82 beach access points, which are going to give you the ultimate white sand, clear water, and stunning sunsets. And I think the sand is something that if you haven't been here before, and I know I don't go enough, it's something that is really, really special. So I can tell you, this is going to sound crazy, but no matter if you go to a beach on uh, Fort Myers, all the way down to Marco, the sand is like baby powder. And it is so relaxing and therapeutic to put your feet in that sand. Um, it's cool once you kind of bury your feet a little bit. To have 82 access points, that's incredible. I can tell you a majority of them are going to be in the Naples area. Um, Cape Coral, I believe, has two beaches. Fort Myers, their main beach is technically Fort Myers Beach, which interestingly enough, used to be a sterile island, and they actually changed it and made it more marketable in order to get um, more popularity on the island to Fort Myers Beach, and then they added the nightlife and things of that nature. When it comes to golfing, we have 150 golf courses in the region, and some of them have some of the most amazing views of the Gulf of Mexico and surrounding landscape. And then one of my favorite childhood memories was boating. And we all know we have really good boating, but we had uh, a multitude of boats growing up. Uh, thankfully, we were very lucky. And my dad was always into fishing and going out. But there are two big differences in fishing here. So we have backwater fishing, which is very easy and accessible. You can rent a boat, go out with friends. It's going to be extremely rewarding. You're going to see a lot of wildlife. And you can even swim in the backwaters, which... I wouldn't necessarily recommend swimming in our man-made lakes or human-made lakes here if you even want to call it a lake, which a lot of them are kind of retention ponds to the northerners. But, um, but then you have the salt water, which is so easily accessible. And I can basically guarantee you that if you do a deep water uh, fishing excursion, you're going to have instant gratification because these boat captains know exactly where they're going. They know what to do. And as soon as that line hits the bottom of the, the, the ocean floor, it's like instant gratification. You instantly are gonna have something. Usually a grouper is, is a very popular fish down here. And uh, so it's a, it's a really amazing thing. If I do any fishing today, I'm more of a catch and release fisherman because I do value our ecosystem so much, especially living here and having the amount of education I've had on our area. So those are really the key term, the key points, I guess you could say that I think really stand out for Southwest Florida over not only just Florida, but a lot of the other areas of the U.S. Well, it's been awesome for Randy and I. And earlier we were talking about trying to decide like, what is it that you and your family or you as an individual, you and your spouse are into? And for us, it was the golf and the pickleball. He already had contacts. He already had friends in the community that we purchased in. So everybody's kind of coming from a, a different background and um, what they want to do. Um, we also do love boating and we're able to go enjoy that with friends that have boats down there, which is the best. But uh, yeah, so we decided based on the golf and the pickleball. And I, in fact, was like, I'm not moving to the community that we purchased in. I thought, well, I'm not going there if they don't have pickleball. And they just put in eight new pickleball courts. And that's how we landed there. Um, so I'm wondering just because this is, we do talk about pickleball on this podcast a lot. The pickleball growth in Southwest Florida has, has been pretty huge and Naples has an enormous facility as well, but they're all over. 
Yeah, I mean, it's something, it's honestly one of the biggest talking points for a lot of people that are looking for a place down here. And with the climate that we have, you can do it every single day if you want, and as I'm sure you know. I mean, our average temperature is 75 degrees Fahrenheit, and we have over 300 days of sunshine out of the entire year. I mean, I don't know of any other place. I mean, they do call us the sunshine state, I guess, for a reason. But yes, I've seen so many tennis courts be converted to pickleball in many communities. And I'm really happy for you guys that they did, they, they made that change where you guys are living because it is so important to you. And the cool thing I think down there too with pickleball is that there are obviously private clubs, but there's public facilities as well. Like I know in Fort Myers by that little airport, so we're yeah. by Trader Joe's there, there's a public, uh, a nice facility there that a lot of people go to. So it's not like you have to just belong to a club to to play. You can pretty much play anywhere. And I'm hearing um, that there's going to be some indoor facilities coming um, as well. So if it's in like the heat of the summer or in the rainy season, then, you know, you're able to play inside, which will be really nice. Daniel, tell me this, if someone's coming from out of state, like myself, what is the best way to work with someone like you? So I would definitely focus on probably about eight key things. One of them is do your homework on the agent. So we know we have social media, we have the internet now. And uh, if you're not online, then, you know, I don't know how your business is really going to do that well. But, you know, definitely do your research and try and find somebody that has some type of presence that you can clearly see, okay, they're very invested they're very consistent, and this is clearly something they do all the time. This is their full-time business. Um, speaking with them through different medias, so whether it's email, text, phone, so you can get an idea of how punctual they're going to be. Is their communication going to be clear? Um, and are you going to kind of mesh with them really well? I can't stress enough how much communication is important, and it's really key. So tell the agent everything you want, everything you need, and, and how you're feeling. If it's something that's bothering you, you know, just be upfront. At least I can say that for myself. I'm, I work every day. I'm not judging people, you know, so definitely just being open and honest uh, about what you're thinking and what you're looking for. And that way everything goes in the right direction, because at the end of the day, this is, if not the biggest, but one of the biggest transactions you're going to make in your lifetime. And for me to be part of that with someone is very special. I would say try and be organized. So when it comes to preparing yourself financially um, and also reading emails and things of that nature. So that way, if your agent is reaching out to you, things can move so quickly in this market as we know. Thankfully, it's definitely slower than it was last year. I'm the type where if somebody emails me um, text me, calls me, I will probably get back to them, if not immediately, within an hour. Um, and that's just how I run my business and how I respect people. The next one is ask questions. So I tell my clients, I can help them with virtually anything, whether it's insurance, lending, even if it's a landscaper you need, pool contractors, anything you can fathom. Even if you have a question about your air conditioner, I mean, you can reach out to me. And if I don't know, then I'll try and find somebody that can help. Um, one example is I sold a beautiful condo on Bonita Beach last year. And um, because I love everything that has to do with homes and helping people, my client called and reached out and said, hey, 
My back patio is retaining water during a hard rainstorm. Do you have any ideas for us besides just sopping it up with towels? What I remember from the property was it actually had accordion shutters on the back patio and it had a track along the bottom that attached to the floor. And that track, when it was installed, it never had something called wheat holes. And so they're just holes that you're supposed to drill through the track so that the water can basically cascade off of the back patio floor through those weep holes, like seep into them, and then actually off of the balcony. And uh, it was such a simple thing in a sense that we ended up just contacting the storm shutter company that put the storm shutters in, and they came out and took care of it, no cost, and now their back patio doesn't flood anymore. You know, so just simple questions like that, I'm always here to help. I think the other part too is a lot of times people don't realize I can help people anywhere in the US. So even if you're thinking about buying a home in California, for instance, I have partners I work with literally everywhere. And so I will find you a trustworthy, you know, licensed realtor like myself that's going to be doing this full time and really know what they're doing and really go out of their way to help you. So even if you're looking to sell your place or purchase, uh, or purchase a place somewhere else than Southwest Florida, you know, I'm open to helping with that as well. That's awesome. Well, Daniel, give us your contact info. Yeah. So I always give out my number as well. So my phone number is, and you can literally call, text, or email me whenever you want. Um, it doesn't bother me. My phone number is 239-777-4433. Pretty awesome number, pretty easy to remember. And then a lot of the people that I have following me, um, again, I'm on Google, I'm on Bing, Yelp, everything you can imagine, basically. Um, Snapchat, Twitter, LinkedIn. But anyway, Facebook is very popular for me. That's where I put a lot of postings. I'm always trying to educate people on real estate, but at the same time, I like to show the beauty of Southwest Florida. So I love taking photos of cars, homes, wildlife, and I'm always posting stuff that I'm doing around my own house and with their, uh, friends and family. So that on Facebook is, it's literally just type in Daniel McGuire. So D-A-N-I-E-L and then McGuire, M-A-G-U-I-R-E. And I do have a business page on Facebook as well, which is my name and then just the word Realtor afterwards. Great. So I'll clue those in the show notes for everyone as well. But Daniel, I cannot thank you enough for sharing your time with us and, and educating us all about Southwest Florida real estate. I think everybody learned a lot from you today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. I can't express enough how much I appreciate you offering this to me and letting me be a part of your podcast and, you know, your listeners, you know, it really means a lot to me. And I'm so happy that you guys are enjoying your life down here in the house. And, you know, it was definitely a very wild year last year. You know, I'm just really proud that we were, we were able to land the, the perfect home for you guys and that you're really enjoying it. All right. Thank you, Daniel. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give my show a follow. Also, so that more people can find Pep Talk and Pickleball, if you could leave a rating and a review, I would be so grateful. If you would like some more behind the scenes with me, follow me over on Instagram at Jill B. Lewis.